Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Special. Hello. How's it going, Derek? Mm, it's going great. I f- I'm having a sense of uh, very recent deja vu. Yeah. While you're listening to this episode, <laughs> we're not actually here. <laughs> and, and what, uh, 22 minutes ago, we just finished recording last week's episode. Yeah. See? <laughs> just doing two episodes, because we can. Back to back. Uh, while you're listening to this, we're in Algonquin Park on a nine-day canoe trip. Uh, this will be day Thursday seven? will be day uh, one, seven or eight, two, three, four, five, six. Day six? Day six. Thursday, day six. Yeah, ready. Um, and we're having a blast. We are. Day six. Uh, Should be on Lavier. Oh, uh, yeah. No. We're, we're on Hardy Bay. Hardy Bay. Yeah. Near, in, in the Narrows, yep. near the uh, yep. Ranger Cabin. We are both alive. See? Well fed. Enjoying the peace and quiet. Yep. Enjoying the scenery, the sunsets and sunrises. Yes. Not caring about the hordes of bugs. <laughs> Not catching beaver fever, not getting sunburned and windburned, yeah. not getting tired on all the portages that range from 20 meters to over five kilometers, <laughs> not getting heat stroke, yeah. definitely not getting skunked in the finishing department. Exactly. Uh, summer solstice happens while we're up here. Occurs uh-huh. Wednesday, June 21st at 10.57 a.m. So that's exciting. I'm Longest glad, day I'm of the glad year. we caught that. Yeah. It means, was yesterday. Means more paddle time and more fishing time. Mm-hmm. So apparently yesterday. Yes. We paddled more, <laughs> fished more, had a good time, summer solstice. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we'll be back in uh, time to do next week's show. Mm-hmm. Huzzah. <laughs> what a great time we're having. The day we, we get back on the Sunday. Yes. And the Monday, June 26th. Oh, yes. National Canoe Day here in Canada. Mm-hmm. National Canoe Day is celebrated June 26th every year. Though it is a Canadian holiday, it's celebrated in the U.S. as well. Good for them. Good on you, folks. Canoeing is a sport and a recreational activity that's relaxing and good for the environment. <laughs> Not always relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been on the trip with me and Tracy. Divorce Lake. I'll leave yes, it at that. Yes. <laughs> uh, wherever there's water, there are canoeists. On National Canoe Day, thousands visit their favorite waterways, exploring their lakes and rivers, or participating in competitive aquatic events. It's on a Monday this year, so probably Saturday and Sunday will be filled with canoe day activities. Exactly. I predict it. Canoeing is a fun activity that's easy to learn and friendly to people across different age groups. It's also a low-impact form of exercise, so it's good for your health, too. Yeah, I'm sure this is all new information for everybody who listens to this podcast. That's what I'm thinking. Especially all the kayakers and rafters. Yeah, yeah. we're educating people right now. Educating the history of National Canoe Day. See, they, I read this and I'm thinking, well, we'll talk about this, but they don't actually say the history. This is more the history of canoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, National I know. I, I, so I was... National Canoe Day dates back to 8,000 BC. <laughs> they celebrated it. They celebrated <laughs> back then because, hey, we invented the canoe. And, Huzzah! And, and hey. We know when June 26 is. Huzzah! 
Canoes have been around for <laughs> millennia and used in, by different cultures and civilizations throughout the ages. The oldest canoe in existence dates back 8,000 BC. It was carved out by hand with basic flintstone tools. That's flint stone, not the flintstones. Flint stone tools from a hollowed out trunk of pine tree. Canoes predate the arrival of Europeans of the uh, on the American continent. They were widely used as a method of transport, catching food, trading items, and even in warfare. Native Americans used canoes made of birch bark trees, tying together strips of wood with strong roots, then sealing them up with pitch to prevent leakage. That was a quick jump from 8,000 BC to yeah, yeah, yeah. the Europeans showing up. So I, I just did a quick search, and according to Days of the Year... National Canoe Day, June 26th, was, began in 2007. Yes. Uh, in 3500 BC, the design of South American canoes was simpler but still effective. They made their boats from hollowed out logs, which they expanded with heat and sharpened on both ends. This made them cut through the water faster. Around 1500 BC, Polynesians had very elaborate, colorful canoes equipped with sails and crossbeams. They were much larger and sturdier than conventional canoes, as their purpose was ocean voyages. By the 19th century... Wow, we're just cruising through time. <laughs> time flies. Time machine. <laughs> By the 19th century, the techniques and technology for building canoes had evolved thanks to centuries of interactions with Europeans. Really? Hmm. Canoeing became a popular activity in the Western world as a result of this. In a world when ships and railroads existed, there was no need for canoes to be utilized for maritime transportation. Hence, popular activity, recreation. Instead, Europeans used them for recreational and sporting purposes. John McGregor, an English explorer who popularized canoeing in the United States and Europe, created the Royal Canoe Club of London in 1866. There you go. So we've gone from 8,000 BC to 1866. <laughs> Time flies. Wow. This was followed by the American Canoe Association, formed in 1880. Hmm. 1946, the International Canoe Federation was founded, acting as the umbrella body for national canoe organizations worldwide. So, being Monday this year, like I say, it means you have to get out and celebrate Saturday and Sunday. Uh, this weekend last year, we were celebrating by doing the oh, yes. Five Great Lakes yes, in a Day. Yes, That was our canoe, National Canoe Day. Do we, I think thing. we actually did it on National Canoe Day, didn't we? Was it the day of? No, it was the day before. Was it the day before? It was the day before. National Canoe Day last year, because that would have been a Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, we had to do things like work and all that foolish <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, so last last year at this time, we were doing the five Great Lakes in the day where we hit, we paddled for about a half an hour in each of the five Great Lakes in under 24 hours. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was exciting. It was Which exciting. one was it? Michigan that was really, 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 really rough? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sleeping Bear National Dunes? Yeah. That was, that was fun, though. It was. A nice, it was. It was, a, it it was, was a, a nice day for that. We had a lot of people watching us. They were just waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. Get your phones out, ready to record, or call nine one one. Who are those morons? <laughs> They're Canadians. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. Mm -hmm. So, but this year, like I say, uh, National Canoe Day. Well, it's a Monday, but that weekend we'll be uh, finishing up our nine day canoe trip and mm -hmm. still in a canoe, doing two days. Of full-on canoe paddling. 
and portaging yes. and wilderness camping. It doesn't get more canoey than that. No. Right? No. Nailed it. Things to do on National Canoe Day. Go for canoe lessons. Attend a canoe race. Buy a canoe. <laughs> You're welcome, Swift, Novacraft, H2O, North Star, yeah. uh, Winona, Esquif, <laughs> and the multitude of other yes. canoe companies that are out there. Two interesting facts about canoeing. The longest canoe trip was in 1980. Don Starkle and his sons paddled from Winnipeg, Manitoba oh. to the Amazon River. And 12,000 miles in two years. That's incredible. And that book is right there, the green one. Don Starkle, Paddle to the Amazon. Beside the Arctic one. Yep, yep. And beside Canoeing Algonquin Park. Yeah. The green one. Yeah, the big green one there. Uh, Florida has more than 400 old dugout canoes preserved in their original state, the highest number in the world. Oh, really? Yep. Is there? they have a museum, or are they all in separate places? I think they're all over the place. Hmm. But they're all preserved. 400 old ones. Wow. Well preserved. Huh. Those are two interesting facts about canoeing. <laughs> I'm just pulling things out my <laughs> butt from the internet on this one. <laughs> Uh, whether you're doing it recreationally or competing in an event, canoeing takes place outdoors. On National Canoe Day, we get in touch with Mother Nature and deepen our appreciation for the environment. National Canoe Day doesn't just celebrate one of the oldest forms of transportation and recreation. It also keeps the conversation on this activity going. Every year on June 26, more people get to know about canoeing and its history. Interesting, eh? Right. National Canoe Day, June Monday, June 26th. They should make it a holiday so that we can call in to work. <laughs> oh, yeah, I won't be in. It's a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? My boss would probably like, have no problems with me calling in because he knows how much into canoeing I am. Yeah. If yeah. anybody else in my office said, yeah, I'm going canoeing, my boss, yeah, you know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody else goes golfing. Ugh. Uh, boop, 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 do the Yukon River Quest. Oh, yes. July 4th. We've talked about this seven. a couple times in the past. Yeah. Total of 57 teams this year from Whitehorse to Dawson in the Yukon River Quest. Officials with paddling race uh, say the registration was complete with a total of 140 paddlers coming from 10 different countries. For the race to the midnight sun beginning July 4th in Whitehorse. If they only accept so many people. Yes. And teams, right? Safety, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the quest is 715 kilometers or 444 miles from Whitehorse to Dawson City, Yukon. Along with Canadian paddlers from six provinces and territories, the race will see competitors from the United States, Australia, Belgium, Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. It's amazing that people come from all over the world to participate in this race. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I know there was, when it was canceled, 2021, mm -hmm. did we say? Oh, people had arrived already. People had arrived, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's canceled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you pay the money and you, you get all your plane well, like you fly and, in and everything over. Yeah. Some of them are going to bring their own boats from wherever they come from, yeah. but not And there was people that were out this way 
mm-hmm. that were going to drive up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I've got my yeah. holidays booked and mm-hmm. the hotels and everything booked. And along with um, a total of 17 racers will take on the race in solo kayak category with six teams in the tandem category. Uh, taking on the race by canoe are five teams in four-person category, 14 teams in the C2 category, and there are two in the solo cal- category. Another five set to make their way from Whitehorse to Dawson on stand-up paddle boards. I don't get that part. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that much stand-up no. paddling. What, four, five, six, uh, four days of standing up yeah, on a walk? Yeah, no, no, I'd, I'd be looking for a waterfall to go over at that point. <laughs> yes. I like that. I enjoyed the stand-up paddle boarding, but not that much. Uh, eight teams are slated to compete in the Voyageur class. This includes four mixed teams, a men's team, and three women's teams. One of the team, women's team is doing the ha- uh, half-quest race. Yeah, because I, I forgot about that. They do the full one, or you can do a half. It's like a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, you can do yeah. the full marathon, you can do a half marathon. Yeah. Uh, I do the, yeah, pull over at the nearest dock marathon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, among the Yukon teams in the Voyager class are two mixed teams as well as the, uh, as well as Sticks Together and Paddlers Abreast in the Yukon women's uh, category. So Paddlers Abreast, I believe, is the Voyager canoe that has women that have... Um, been diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. Uh, either currently or in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, there was, I think there was a few years back when we did the Real Paddling Film Festival. I'm pretty sure there was a film about that. Oh, yeah. That one, yeah. That, that one boat uh, with the women all paddling mm-hmm. and why they were doing it and what they got out of it. And they all dress in pink and everything like that. And I'm pretty sure that was the, because f- if it wasn't there, I saw, I've seen it somewhere. But I'm pretty sure it was a film festival. Eagle Mixed Team and Team Woe Women's Team in the Voyager class are also include members from Whitehorse along with other regions across the country, which is cool getting people to, from all over to join into one team. In the C2 Men's category, Pangle Norte, Maximum Capacity, and Watch Our Wake are from Whitehorse, while the two C2 Northwestal team is a mixed category, also from Whitehorse. A lot of people from Whitehorse. Yeah, it makes sense. They're, right? It's in their backyard. Well, you figure, right? Other teams that feature a mix of members from the Yukon and outside include the two-person Wolves Don't Live by the Rules, uh, men's C2 team, and the Flow Tandem Kayak Women's team. A full list of teams and more information can be found at yukonriverquest.ca. Now, I'm curious. So we, we talked about this before recording. So they had, uh, what was it, in 2020? 2020 was canceled because of COVID. COVID. 2021, there was Canc- high water. Canceled because of high water. Yeah. 2022, there was high water again, but they went ahead, but they warned all participants that... You know, they're due to high water, high flows, high water levels. Uh, we uh, can't guarantee a speedy recovery if you do come upon some trouble. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So this one seems to be going this year right now. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about still, high water uh, levels. Yeah, still a couple of weeks till it happens. But um, yeah, hopefully it happens and yeah. things go well. Uh, speaking of races, the Texas 
water safari. Oh, yes, that Did was, you see that? that Cyril Deramo. Uh, he's a guy that kayaked from San Francisco to, to Hawaii. Hawaii. Yep. He joined West Hansen and his group. Did he? He did. They I showed did not pictures. Yeah, they they uh, I can't remember what place they came. I want to say they came in fourth, but I, no, I think they came in second or something like that hmm. in their in their group. Nice. Uh but yeah, so he joined them and he did the Texas Water Safari and right uh, it looks like they had a good time. Yeah. Very cool. Try something new. I mean, he's he's done so many different yeah. races and stuff, right? Uh but yeah, it's it's cool to see uh, he joined up with West and and the group. Yeah, speaking of West, he um they're just uh we're only a few weeks away from uh, ice breakup in the uh, Northwest Passage, and they're, they'll be on their way. Yes, so they uh, they're probably doing final preps and ready to drive north at any moment. Uh, yeah, we'll have to keep an ear out for them and drop yeah. them a message saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. do you need any help with anything again?" I'm yeah, got the time. We'll head back into uh, Ottawa to give them a hand. Maybe hit the Croc store again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No scooters this year. No scooters this year because, yeah, you and Wes both hurt yourselves. <laughs> How sad is that? Grown yeah. men can't ride a scooter. <laughs> I had a blast, even though I almost hit a bus. And people... You came close to getting squished like a bug against that bus. <laughs> I grew up in the 70s, 80s. I would have just stood up and walked it off. Yeah. I died once, but uh, Dad told me to walk it off. <laughs> yeah. It's like on Facebook. Uh, it was what? Um, in 1985, I had bacon and eggs or something for breakfast, and this happened, this happened. I'm telling you all this now because we didn't have social media to post it on at the time. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Did life actually happen without social media? Right. If it didn't, if it's not on social media, yeah. did it really happen? <laughs> yes. What I put on my thing is, I'll put my left foot in, I'll put my left foot out, but I refuse to do the hokey pokey and shake it all about. <laughs> <laughs> You're not normal. I know. What can I say? I never claimed <laughs> to be. So here's a strange twist to a canoe trip. This kind of royally sucks. I feel bad for them. But, I mean, kind of didn't see that coming. I know. What was supposed to be a bonding canoe trip between father and son turned into chaos after a car chase all heard one Ottawa student's end of semester dream. So Isaac Finkelstein uh, just completed his undergraduate program at Concordia University, Montreal. When he moved to Montreal four years ago, to pursue his post-secondary education. He's a, a local high-performance athlete, canoed the three-day journey from Westboro Beach in Ottawa with his father, Max. So him and his dad jumped in the canoe, and they paddled to Montreal. Sort of as a, I'm leaving home, going to, going to, yeah. going to university, let's do this little, you know, done high school, moving on to the next chapter of my life. To make it a full circle moment, they wanted to do it again. <laughs> Water levels are going to be high given spring flooding yeah. right now, leading to fast currents, which would make the journey tough yet exciting uh, because everything goes out towards Montreal from Ottawa. They'd be coming the other way. It was going to be a nice closure to my time in Montreal, says Isaac. Most of the time you would be driving from Montreal to Ottawa on a boring highway. Yeah. Paddling it four years ago, it was a great to instead see it from the water. 
This time it would have been fun challenge going against the current. It was going to be cold and rainy, so it would have been an endeavor. But plans didn't go as hoped. <laughs> no, just slightly not. Totally not. Isaac and Max set out to do the journey from Montreal to Ottawa on April 28th. It was a day that started out busy uh, but normal. We had a big logistical issue because I had all my stuff in my apartment, which I was leaving for good. We packed up my whole apartment into a car with all the stuff for the canoe trip. In the morning, we woke up early, set the canoe up on wheels so we could wheel the canoe through Montreal. So, you know, he's packing up his apartment and yep, residence yep. or whatever. He got to get all that back to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. But he's got all the canoe stuff for the trip as well. So what are you going to do? The Lachine Canal in Montreal was not yet open to boat traffic. Meaning the Finkelsteins would have to transport the canoe 16 kilometers before getting into the water. So Max rigged the canoe to a bike. And Isaac was going to run beside him. (laughs) His mother was going to drive their Subaru with his apartment belongings back to Ottawa. It's a logical So Isaac and his dad, Max, dad's going to ride the bicycle pulling the canoe. Yep. And Isaac being a, uh, what did he call himself? A high intensity athlete or whatever he called himself. Um, He was going to run along beside his dad. High performance athlete. High performance, yes. Yeah. So while his dad biked, he was going to run along for 16 kilometers. Yes. Okie dokie. Mom was going to head the other way to to Ottawa. See ya, suckers. Um, The sun was shining and the Finkelsteins were making good time as they pedaled and ran with the canoe down a bike path which was parallel to the canal. Paddlers were about two kilometers from their launch point, so 14 kilometers he's run at this point. Yeah, they've already put in a lot of effort. I'm done for the day at this point. (laughs) Paddlers were about two kilometers from their launch point when Isaac realized something was wrong. We saw a car chase. There were squealing tires. They were going really fast, and there were about four police cars behind them, he says. Curious of what was happening, Isaac ran underneath a bridge to get a better view of what was unfolding. Max, bike, and canoe in tow followed. After a few seconds, I saw the car facing me on the bike path, (laughs) and I had an immediate flight response. Spun around, told my dad to run, and then I scooted out onto the grass. The car smashed into the canoe and got tangled in the canoe. As the car went forward, my dad got his feet trapped into the bike and was pulled along the uh-huh. bike path yeah. for quite a ways. Max predicts he was dragged about 25 meters away from the underpass. So apparently, car chase guys, just like <laughs> in the movies, left the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I didn't say if, if all the police cars were in tow, but so you got the, the car and police cars, I would assume, <laughs> off the road. Onto the bike footpath, yeah. zipping straight towards them now, <laughs> and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Last thing you expect, you you have this plan, you're going to do a little bit of a canoe trip, Montreal to Ottawa, and it's like it's a good day, hey, it's a lot of fun, hanging out with my dad, and it's like, here comes a nut bar in a car. 
No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, Max says, I heard the tire squeal and the engine revving, and I was dragged backwards again. I was aware of the sounds of spinning tires, the engine revving, and then silence. He luckily escaped without any serious injuries. Max says he was bruised and battered, and his legs were seriously scraped up. He said, I have good bones. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Uh, Mac and Isaac were hopeful the canoe was in good enough shape to continue their journey, but it had to be held by Montreal police as evidence, along with the bike. So you've just run 8 to 14 kilometers... (laughs) <laughs> Almost get run over by a car. Your dad does get run over by a car. And now the police confiscate your canoe and bike. <laughs> and mom's on her way to Ottawa. <laughs> canoe was fully destroyed by the car tires, which punctured through the middle of it. The oak yoke was reduced to splinters scattered in the hull. The gunnels were bent, broken, and some pieces were gone. There was no sign of a canoe trailer either. <laughs> Police drove the Finkelsteins to the train station so they could return to Ottawa. Sorry about your canoe. Here's the train. It was a sad ending to what was supposed to be a fitting closure to a chapter. Yeah. But you know, 20 years from now, they're going to be giggling about this. Do you remember? (laughs) I know, right? You know, that's that's the... Right now, I'm. you know, you're in shock and you're not happy and all that. But it's going to be a, a giggler way down the road yeah not doing the trip was a huge loss i'll never get the chance to do it again said max that's dad uh it's a it's not a really long canoe trip but the logistics are complicated and we had it planned really well it was a good challenge we 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 could do together both max and isaac are professional canoeists this is another little twist on the yeah i know eh? max who retraced the route of explorer Alexander Mackenzie and detailed it in his book, Canoeing a a Continent, said Isaac's first ride in a canoe was at three days old. Isaac was paddling on his own at age of three, started navigating heavy rapids a few years later. Isaac has won national championships eight times and said he grew up on the water at the Rideau uh, Canoe Club near Mooney's Bay. There you go. So I mean, they got canoeing in the blood. And yeah. Like I say, with his dad's got a got canoeing a canoeing in the blood and blood on the canoe. Right. <laughs> what a! Could you imagine the phone call? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, mom, mom turn what, around. Come where back. Whereabouts are you? <laughs> you Why? Gotta come back and get us. Yeah, we don't have a canoe anymore. There's been an issue. <laughs> what happened? Well, it's funny. What eh? did your father do? <laughs> <laughs> You know that's exactly what it would be about. What well, it's think? funny too. The uh, the cops kept the bike and the canoe and the canoe for evidence. So it's not. Well, I mean, they're both destroyed. Yeah, 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 point, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, well, at least you don't have to. They don't. They don't have to disturb dis, uh, dispose of it. <laughs> that's the cops. They can they can get rid of it now. <laughs> wow. What's going on? I don't know, man. It's. I'd be angry. Well. Canoes. Price of canoe of canoes. Price of canoes these days, like you're talking, be anywhere is between three and and forty five hundred bucks or so, depending. Well, and we talked about this. If they caught dude, yep. Well, they didn't say if it was how, a stolen car. Well, see, and that's car. exactly it. What are the? Is there any way they would be able to claim 
Because they wouldn't have ins- unless they had some weird yeah. insurance thing. It's not like house insurance would cover it. Yeah. the A new canoe. Well, it depends. If your canoe is stolen from your house, your house insurance Well, no, it. in this case. I'm just saying. It, 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 it is. Well, technically, because the cops took their canoe. Yeah. They stole it. <laughs> That's our story, and we're sticking to it. But, but if it was not a stolen car. It's his car. Then would you have to sue their in, him insurance through com- insurance? Yeah, because you you don't have insurance in this case. No, exactly. And if it yeah. wasn't his car, you just have to sue him personally. Personally, get blood from because it's stolen. not like against. Yeah, I'm going to sue the guy who owned the car, even though the car was stolen. <laughs> if he had kept his car, in the if guard. he would have kept his car in the garage, we wouldn't yeah. be here right now, would we? <laughs> Be, that's that's what a weird situation, right? I don't even know the legal way they can. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I mean, yeah, because I mean, without insurance, it's not yeah. like you're you're pulling five grand out your butt for a new <laughs> canoe or something, or you set up a GoFundMe thingy. What, what the date was? Well, it would have been recent, right? Yeah, because school's only just finished, and like <laughs> some of the universities and that. Imagine how mad the guy driving the car was. Like, here he is running from the cops. It's like, he's just having a normal, calm day, right, running from the cops, being chased. And also, and there's, there's a, a canoe in his canoe way. and a bike. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> he was probably furious that that guy with the... <laughs> Can you picture him in the cell with another guy? So what happened? So, okay, I'm driving away from the cops here, right? <laughs> Bingo Bamo, there's a guy with a bike and a canoe right there. <laughs> Who has a canoe and a bike? <laughs> I tried to drive over him, but it just didn't work. Ah, the old guy was tougher than it looked. Yeah. Well. Just, it was, it's just a surprising day for everybody. I know. All I know. around. But I'd, I'd just be interested to see if there was any... I, they'd have to sue him for the money for a new canoe. But then is it really worth it? And it's going to cost you five grand in lawyer fees anyways. I don't know. Small claims court. Do we have those in Canada? I guess we do. Oh, I don't partake in legal <laughs> I don't, action. I, so. I don't either, so I have no idea. I don't know. I just, uh, I just watch TV. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not a real doctor, but I, I'll be one if you need me to be. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen doctor shows. <laughs> I can act like one. <laughs> oh, wild man! That was yeah. a wild story. Yeah. Speaking of wild stories, this one's gotten a lot of attention. Lately. It has long-ranging concerns. It does. Now, this isn't particularly paddle-related, but down the road... It will be. It could be. Yeah. It could turn paddle-related. Because hmm. anybody that's paddling where these incidents are taking place... I know. It could all of a sudden huh. turn for the worse. Yep. A boat captain... Twice ambushed by a pod of orcas, a.k.a. killer whales. So what's he doing wrong if he gets attacked by twice? Apparently, he says they knew exactly what they were doing. They know him. They know him. He's the guy. Hey, it's that guy. Thought he learned his lesson the first time. Get him, boys. Orcas are making headlines as incidents of killer whales ambushing boats seems to be becoming more prevalent. Prevalent. 
prevalent? Prevalent. <laughs> potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. I said it right. <laughs> For one boat captain, it's even happening twice, with the second time seemingly yeah. more targeted. Yeah, they know him. Dan Chris, apparently he's on their radar, mm-hmm. says the first time his boat was confronted by a body killer whales in 2020, he and his crew were delivering a yacht through the Strait of Gibraltar, which yeah. runs between Spain and Morocco. While anecdotes of orca ambushes have only recently started rising in popularity, he says he was one of the first boats that experienced the very unusual behavior. I was surrounded by a pack of eight orcas. Like, cool to see one or two, but when you start seeing eight... Yeah, like, they're big animals. They are huge. Mm. Uh, They began pushing his boat around for an hour. Uh, he says, adding the ship's rudder was so damaged they had to be towed to the nearest marina. Then in April this year, it happened again near the Canary Islands. At first, Chris thought they had hit with a wave, but when he felt the sudden force again, he realized they weren't just feeling the wrath of the water. Hmm. We're not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) My first reaction was, please, not again. There was so much, there is not much one can do. They are very powerful and smart. There is a video out there of the encounter, and it shows the orcas biting off both rudders, with one of the whales seen swimming around with a piece of rudder in its mouth. That's nuts. And that's what they target. Mm -hmm. They've been targeting the rudder. They seem to know that that disables the boat, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Well, I mean, they've always... People have always said, you know, they're they're smart. Yeah, dolphins, you know. orcas, yeah. Uh, we watched uh, a couple of videos there, uh, TV series there. They're showing about them, teaching them how to how to hunt when they're young and yes. uh, all that sort of stuff. And um, even with, uh, if they catch a seal, they play with it. Oh, Have you ever yeah. seen those on National Geographic? Yeah. They start hurling Toss it through. through the air. Yeah. yeah. That's like Playing brutal. catch. Yeah. But it's all part of their... Hunting, learning, mm. and, all, and all that sort of stuff, right? I don't know, kind of wild. Mm. Uh, so there's a video out there showing that. It says, this time around, the orcas seem to be more stealthily in their approach and even seem to know exactly what to do to prevent the boat from traveling any farther. That's scary. That's the scary part is that they know. First time we could hear them communicating under the boat, this time they were quiet, and it didn't take them long to destroy both rudders. Looks like they knew exactly what they were doing and they didn't touch anything else. Attack on the rudders lasted about 15 minutes, but when the crew started to head for Spain's coast, they came back. Yeah, like, yeah, targeted. Suddenly one big orca, adult orca, started chasing us. In a couple of minutes, she was under the boat and that was when we realized there was still a piece of fiberglass left and she wanted to finish the job. (laughs) After that, we didn't see them anymore. That's crazy. That is like intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. But what's the motive? Like, do do whales need a motive? Or is this just, they know that they just have to disable the boat? Like, why that boat? Well, I don't know if it's, it's. I mean, they don't say if, there, if there's any similarities yeah. between all the boats that have been, been targeted or not. Uh, he's uh, Chris is just one of several people who experienced encounters with orcas off the coast of Portugal and Spain in recent months. In the past two years, Orca Research Group, GTOA, 
found that incidents have more than tripled. 52 interactions in 2020 and 207 in 2022. But even still, 52 attacks by by orcas on mm-hmm. boats. How come you never hear about that? Well, yeah, that's true. So I was wondering about that too. So did this story come out because the boat happened happened to it happened to him specifically twice? He's the one that's interviewed. Like, is it like is there more and more incidents out there we just don't hear about? Well, like I say, they've gone from fifty-two two years ago or three years ago now yeah. to two hundred and seven last year. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But how how long has this been going on? And just not being reported, or and when are they going to start attacking smaller watercraft? Right, and that's my big thing. Is like mm-hmm. if if you're happen to be sea kayaking off Portugal, Spain, Morocco, in the Straits of Gibraltar, yeah, and all of a sudden you got eight killer whales around you, <laughs> you know, licking you through the air like you're a seal, or trying to rip your, your legs tr- off, trying to rip your rudder off, yeah, like that's <laughs> that's a big difference between a watercraft and a boat like a sailboat mm, you know yeah um yeah biologist and wildlife conservationist jeff corwin says the behavior highlights the incredible intelligence of the whales which and yeah. maliciousness yeah <laughs> what we're seeing is adapted behavior we're learning about how they actually learn from their environment and then take those skill sets and share them and teach them to other whales. He said there are two main theories about why this is happening. One, it's just a type of play or sport for the whales, which is exactly what they say is the uh, with the seals doing the, the hunting and uh, learning and playing and stuff like that. It's all part of it. Uh, or two, that it's the result of a negative experience, a traumatic event, after years of boats hitting and injuring whales. Hmm. The truth behind why killer whales have been ramming into boats remains a mystery. Man. Like, when, when are we going to start hearing about uh, canoe or canoes, kayaks, stand-up paddle boards being attacked by killer whales, right? Like, they're, like you hear shark attacks all the time, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Very interesting. Well, it just makes you wonder if it's because it's just in this one area, yeah, right now, yeah. And they, you know, they say it hasn't come across to, to North America or anything like mm-hmm. that. But they're migratory, right? Yes. So yes. who's to say they don't teach this to other pods that go mm-hmm. elsewhere? And then it does start happening with is I I have to go with the the whole traumatic theory. Hmm. That something happened and... Well, are they developing like, you know, once upon a time when we we're cavemen, you know, you had to crawl out of the cave and start doing uh, intelligent things and recorded history and stuff. So uh, I suppose they're... Are they just evolving and... Are they evolving? Because they don't harder? actually say in all the attacks, they don't actually say that... Because they've sunk a couple boats. Yes. They don't say that they've gone after the people on the boats afterwards. They never say... Right now, you you even sent a video earlier, yes, of dude swimming. Yeah. He's in his wetsuit and he's out swimming, and all of a sudden, was it three he's being circled? So there's a baby orca and two adults. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, they were just like giving the side eye to the swimmer and, and the swimmer I'm sure was freaking right out. But, uh, yeah. So the, the, that orca circled him like half a dozen times, different angles, different approaches. I think, and he was on a, he was just a swimmer. He didn't, didn't have a boat, didn't have whatever. He was just a swimmer. And, uh, so he was on a stand-up paddleboard, but you know, when is it going to come? Are we going to have to start watching out for killer whales? Yeah. I, I think being in a kayak is the same thing as being in a tent. It gives you that false sense <laughs> false of security. Sense of security yeah. 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 Do you want to be swimming with the orcas or do you want to be in a kayak? Oh, I'll be in a kayak. It's safer. Is it though? Is it though? Yeah. When they're ramming and sinking yachts. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, and apparently there was uh, another incident of a big whale coming up to eat a bunch of krill and stuff like that. And there happened to be another. Oh, happened again? Uh, happened again. We yeah, saw a couple of people yeah. got... They're fine. They yeah. got spit out, I guess, or like a giant toothpick or something. Yeah. I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't have the time to hunt down the video, but yeah, apparently <laughs> there's another big whale chomping on. Yeah, whales are taking over. They are. They've had enough. Highly intelligent. Yeah, they just had enough. Anyway, nobody knows why this is happening. Andrew Trites, professor and director of marine mammal research at the University of British Columbia, says, "My idea, or what anyone would give you, is informed speculation." It is a total mystery, unprecedented. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, no one knows unless you can read a orca's mind. Yeah. Right? Killer whales are the only species of whale that seem to be attacking boats in this region. And while the reason is unclear, they said something is positively reinforcing the behavior among them. Mm-hmm. They're getting something out of it. Maybe it's the new thing. Maybe it's just the young kids. It's what yeah. kids are doing these days. Yeah, they're drinking the, what was what, what that stuff they were, bleach, not bleach, uh, Tide Pods. Oh, Tide Pods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. According to the Business Insider, reports that orcas were attacking boats and sailboats began in May 2020. By 2023, researchers have documented hundreds of incidents of orcas oh, well, colliding do. with boats. They do have more information, yeah. Yeah, following the same pattern of behavior. Swimming to the back of the ship, hitting the rudder until the boat stops entirely. They got to watch it because that's where the the props are too. <laughs> now, there's, there's been nothing said about yeah. prop cuts. <laughs> the first theory suggests that other orcas are following the lead of one orca in particularly, who may have been previously traumatized by a boat collision or tangled in illegal fishing nets. Biologist Alfredo Lopez Fernandez says the orcas are doing this on purpose, of course. We don't know the origin or the motivation, but defensive behavior based on trauma as the origin of all this gains more strength for us every day. And that's what I'm I'm sort of like. It just doesn't seem like, like if it was a play, if it was a sport, they wouldn't just be targeting... Mind you, it could be their version of of taking a baseball bat to a, a mailbox or a driving down. Or, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. People would drive down backcountry roads and yeah. lean out the, the, the car window with a baseball bat and knock people's mailboxes over. Huh. Is this their version of that just with rudders? <laughs> just seems weird. Uh, boat Captain Werner Schaufelberger told the German magazine Yacht 
that on the 4th of May 2023, his sailing yacht was dismantled and ultimately sunk in an hour by three orcas led by a matriarch he nicknamed White Gladys. There were two smaller and one larger orca, he says. The little ones shook the rudder at the back while the big one repeatedly backed up and rammed the ship with full force oh, from the man. side. When you start seeing that, I'm sorry, but the only it's thing like that right pops into my movie. head, Jaws. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. I'm about to yeah. die. I am dinner. <laughs> That's they all. didn't eat the people. They just wrecked their boat. Well, I presume they didn't eat the people considering he gave a... Interview. Interview afterwards. <laughs> he was the guy that died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so this is the sort of thing is they're angry with this boat. Or all boats. To be, well, to, like I say, and teaching the little ones to go for the rudder. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's hammering the side yeah. and putting a big hole in the hull. Now, is it, do they, I have so many questions. I don't know where to start. <laughs> But it's crazy. It's like, it's what form of communication is it just, are they leading by example? This is what you do. Like, you know, dogs teach other dogs. Yeah. You know, well, if you've ever watched the National Geographic thing on the orcas and how the, the adults teach the young to, to hunt and exactly and yeah, yeah. who gets to eat first and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And then it's just show and tell, right? Yeah. Uh, they do their clicks and whistles and yeah. noises to, for separate things, but a separate incident in the Strait of Gibraltar on May 4th featured a pot of six orcas targeting a sailboat. Greg Blackburn, who was on board the vessel, told um, that he witnessed several adult orcas teaching two calves how to dismantle the boat using the rudder dismantling technique. Huh. So, so they actually got a technique to... So they know if you want this boat to same, stop, this is how you do it. Is that the same pod? So the one... No, one had like three. This one has but six. But they both happened on May 4th. Yeah. So that's what they were saying is you've now got pods teaching pods. Yeah. And as they migrate or whatever Move transition around, yeah. and stuff like that to other... Come in contact with other pods, they're teaching. So now you, instead of having just a couple of, of orcas doing it, you've got a pod doing it. And then you got another pod doing it. So you know there's communication some sort. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to look at this as a research thing, <laughs> there's lots to be learned here. There is. Right? It's interesting. So if you got all these different pods at different spots on the same day doing these attacks, <laughs> and like I say, how long till it moves into kayaks yeah. stand up we've seen the ones where the uh orca swims up behind the the stand up paddle border and starts nibbling on the back of his board oh yes right yeah. that that was popular for the last few years and the guy's on the board and he goes stop that and he's sort of <laughs> waving his his paddle enough, at it. and enough. then he yeah then backs off swims by they do the side eye thing eh they swim by on their sides looking up yeah and yeah. uh yeah as they pass you by that's just spooky <laughs> so Weird, man. Weird. That's just, yeah. Hopefully uh, they can figure out what's going on, but I, I'm sort of, I, I don't think they're going to put an end to it now that they're teaching each other. And it, it has to be trauma-related. Re- uh, yeah. According to Wikipedia, in the wild, there have been no reliably verified fatal attacks on humans. Verify. Who's going to verify it? The guy that got eaten? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I got eaten. 
<laughs> but my dad told me to shake it off and get back to work. <laughs> I don't care if you were eaten by an orca. Shake it off. Yeah. Shake it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm missing a leg. I'm sorry, but when something like that comes at you, the only thing you can think of is Jaws. Oh, yeah. That's all you can think Just of. Just a bigger version. Yeah. Hmm. Strange. Strange. Um, do you remember we talked about that guy? Oh, that guy. Last year. That guy. <laughs> do you remember that guy? <laughs> there was that guy. So, I recall this story. I recall I, us discussing it. I called him the Nanaimo log pusher. <laughs> uh, a man has admitted to his role in connection to an assault last summer, which local RSDMP could, said could have been fatal. He has pled guilty to assault with a weapon in provincial court in Nanaimo, B.C., after he pushed an estimated 20-foot log... A uh, 20-foot-long log from a Jesse Island cliff. Did you yeah. find the island? Yes, it's just off Nanaimo. Yeah. It's right in the harbor. Nanaimo RSTMP reported the incident saw an 8-inch thick object hit a woman with enough force to send her into the water. She was in her kayak. Her male companion was also hit by the log but was able to stay upright and helped his friend to the shore. So hmm. from on a cliff... Yeah. Dude drops this 20-foot-long, 8-inch round log straight down onto these kayakers. They're lucky they weren't killed. A a pre-sentence report with a psychological component was ordered by a judge in advance of a sentencing hearing to take place at a yet-to-be-determined date. They're very, very, very purposely vague. Right. Uh, I think he's got to go for some little bit of psychological yes. uh, assessment. Yes, there's something actually wrong with him. Assessment and go, uh, what would possess you? So at the time, um, there wasn't much said no. about what it was. There was some, yeah. some exchange, right? Yeah, th- that's all they mentioned. Is just there was an exchange of words, but they didn't say what the words are. It didn't say if it was an argument or just a discussion. Yeah. Uh, Police say the kayakers were looking at some rock formations at the base of Jesse Island minutes prior to the assault. They had a short exchange with that person, and that individual told them they weren't wanted on the island. They told him they weren't planning on going on the island. They were paddling in their kayaks and well within their rights to do so. So they ignored him and continued on their way. A few minutes later, according to the police, the kayakers heard some noises above them and saw the same man pushing a large log off a cliff directly above them. That's scary. Jesse Island is a private property comprised about nine acres in size and home to a residential address. So it sounds like one one house. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's dude's house or <laughs> or he was just visiting yeah. or, or what the deal is. But other people saw it happen. So what other wait what? Well, they, 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 in the original uh, when they talked about it last yeah. year, they said there there was other people that saw it happen. Oh wow! So you know they're sort of like witnesses to to the event. Uh, but what would possess you? Well, yeah, mind you, that's like dude sitting on the riverbank telling people you're pro- you're paddling through my property and then taking pot shots. Yeah, yeah. We've we've talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. But what? is going through your brain thinking I am dropping this big ass log <laughs> this, on those two drop, because they're close to my island. I'm going to drop a telephone pole on you. Well, I didn't know they get hurt. 
It's like, come on, right? dude. Yeah, that's like the size of it. It's like a picture of a telephone pole. Yeah, yeah. Going over the cliff. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so I, I got to think he's going to be doing some psychiatric time or some He'll do some time, time, whether it's yeah. in a psych ward or whether it's in jail. Prison. Yeah. It, uh, wow. <laughs> you know, you're out there enjoying the day. Yeah. Next yeah. thing you know, out of the blue. you lucky. Yeah, right? you know, a telephone pole landing. If it's not a telephone pole landing on you, it's some car <laughs> chase going through your boat. Right? And if it's not that, it's some orcas taking you out. This has just been a whole... I know. Violent episode. <laughs> it, it didn't start out that way, did it? It's no, we're talking curious. about our canoe trip and National Canoe Day. It's down about glorious. We're talking about the Yukon River Quest. And, oh, that's where it started. What? Going downhill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, then, oh, it was canceled because of COVID and the flooding yeah. and da, yeah. da, da, da. And then there was car chases and, and oh, man, it sounds like a movie. Orcas killing people, jumping out of the water from space, and <laughs> <laughs> this has been a violent episode. Yes. Thanks for listening. <laughs> wow, very strange. Wow, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> oh, well, that's all I got this so- week. <laughs> Let's they, so come up with something else. They're analyzing his brain right now. They're, he's got a psych test, so I wonder what. We have to follow this up. I ne- I want to know. I need to know more. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's been since last year, and then they yeah. found that this one is. Oh, they finally said they're. Yeah, they're going to sentence him. He's pled guilty. Let's just send him for a little bit of psychiatric yeah, evaluation before we yeah. say what's going to happen. We need to make sure he's actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. some someone does that. Yeah. Like I say, I mean, it's the same as the ones we talked about before, where dude starts taking pot shots at all the people. I know, right? Right. Yeah. Just let people be, you know, like, <laughs> ah, well, this was our violent episode while we're out camping and canoeing and enjoying ourselves. Yep. Chewed up, mauled, spit out. Yeah. Boats busted, cars yeah. busted. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Okay. Didn't, yeah. It's, it, yeah. So, uh, I'm thinking, I don't know if we had mentioned about taking our recording gear recording with us. in the field, a field recording. And doing a was verbal that, trip Was that 300? Log. We did 300 with the boys. We did that, yeah. Yeah. So, this would be, well, if we come back, 384. Mm-hmm. If we do that, that's still up in the air. Yeah. So, so next week will actually be us talking about our trip, or it'll actually be a recording of us <laughs> on our trip. Yes. Talking about our trip. Yeah, you're going to hear crickets. Either way, you're hearing around. about our trip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope we're catching fish. I hope, I hope so, fish. too. I hope your fly rod works. Oh, it'll work. I hope it's coming out with you. It, it won't be the fly rod's problem if it doesn't work. It'll be because of me. User error. User error. Yeah. Exactly. It's user error, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? I've, I've, I enjoy doing the fly. I don't think I could get... No, I, I I lie. I could probably, if I had the time and and put the money into it, I could get really immersed in fly fishing. I think there's. A I lot think it would be it. really easy to do that. In the short time I was at sale today, it was. Uh, I, I learned a lot. Like, and it was a. Uh, like, you know, it, towards the end, the guy goes, "Yeah, once you get into it, maybe you'll start building your own flies." It's like, oh my god, this is <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I had an old canoe, an old freighter canoe, and it was quite uh, stable. 
I could stand in that and fly fish out of it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you're not worrying about any sticks and trees and branches at that yeah. point, right? Because you're out from the... Yes. But you could, you could hit hit edges of different spots of the You could place your lure or, yeah, yeah, on, the, along the, the reeds, nice trying for yeah. bass or whatever. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty cool when you first launch a latch into one and manage to get something yeah. in, into shore. Look at me. Look, I got one. <laughs> there are fish in this lake. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what you needed to do is just switch the type of fishing you're doing. Yep. And again, as the old adage goes, that's why they call it fishing and, and not, not catching. catching. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got this week. What about you? i got nothing else. Nothing else? Well, we just finished recording two episodes and I'm falling asleep. Are you really? It's late. It's past my bedtime. I'm going to turn into a pumpkin soon. Noon is past your bedtime. <laughs> true, true. Alrighty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can just go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and listen or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>